0: future we're talking real money
1: fighting financial scams wherever they take place hello and welcome to another exciting edition of talking real money i am high atop a building in the scam capital of america
2: and when you say hi washington when you say (laughs) hi atop a building one word comes to mind but i won't say it so
1: starts with a j this is the state of washington
2: (laughs) yes no, it's <laughs> so, jump. Anyway, that's Jay, little, uh, oh, jump, oh, jump. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, they bolted the windows in the hotel. Yeah. yeah. They're all bolted closed, so I, I can't put my cape on and jump out the oh, window okay. to fly through the air and fight the scams.
2: Ooh, now, that's a good spin. I know. Isn't that yeah. good? So you're know, in the, uh, what? and this is sad. We just learned this recently, what is called by Forbes magazine, the scam capital of the world? Of the world. Oh, wow. And nice. they named it such... At least three
1: times that I can find.
2: Yeah, 2011, I know that, because that's the article I read. 2008,
1: 2011, and then once back in 1998. There you go. Oh wow! Look, look, look at that! My little desk rings. But don't let that
2: rings. impede your quest for knowledge. Your need no. for help. No, that's and, why we're here. and we well, we're
1: here to fight financial scams. Gosh, that's the that's one of the big purposes. We're here to fight financial scams, to give you the truth, to tell you the truth about how money and investing work, and to help you avoid getting yourself into trouble financially, so that you can build a portfolio of real wealth based on science to enjoy a better future that's our purpose and to that end we like to help you with your particular issues which is why we let you call or we encourage you to call the number is 877-397-5666 877-397-5666 and tom and i are manning those phones two hours a day one day a week not 24 hours a day, seven days a week, just two hours a day, one day a week. Saturday, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, so call us then. That's Tom over there, by Yeah, the
2: way. and so, I mean, this always gets back to... In Seattle. Yeah, in Seattle. I'm here in Seattle, you're in Spokane. Uh, this, But this always gets... So, yes, we're happy to answer your questions. We want to help you with whatever issues, as you said, you face. But th- this whole aspect of knowing enough to protect yourself, getting an education, understanding things to, at least to the extent that you can... Protect yourself. So when you get something in the mail that is shiny, it's beautiful. It says retirement, retirement on it, retirement class, retirement class, and has right a wonderful picture of a local. Wait, let me open it up university for Campus oh, wait, on No, it. only you. Yeah, I mean, I open. I open this. I'm in the business. I open this, and I thought, wow, this guy's doing a class at the University of Washington in Bothell, which is not it far came from to your home. Not far. Yeah, it came to my not. Far from where I live, apparently they don't know who I am, or maybe they do, and they think I need the class. But um, so I read through this, and there's nice, beautiful pictures of people in there smiling. May I comment on this? Yes, that? please do. When
1: Tom first showed this to me, he hadn't read it yet completely. <laughs> he just got it, and he goes, this is, I can't believe this. You said, you're going to love this, because he knows I love this kind of stuff, because I just live to research these guys. And uh, he said, I want to know how they got around the rule forbidding endorsements. You see, if you're a registered investment advisor by the SEC, you are not allowed to have anyone endorse you. And it's this thing is full of pictures of smiling, happy people, and they look like they're endorsements. But if you read closer... They say things like, "We don't think we have nearly enough for retirement." So, so many options. It's I think one confusing. of them said something
2: about vacation at Chelan or something. <laughs> <Didn't> yes, <it? laughs>
1: one guy said, "Loving Chelan." Yeah, I
2: was like, "What? What does that have to do with anything?" <laughs> but it's because they have quotes
1: uh, under pictures, yeah. and we don't read things carefully. No, you look at Your wow. first inclination is to think endorsement, endorsement, endorsement. So a little later on in the program, oh. you want to stick around for this because I did a ton of research on the guy who is teaching this class
2: and we're going to have to put class in air quotations because it turns out that it's the other quotation should be what would be called a pitch as in sale pitch
1: 877-397-5666 and lori you're up next welcome to talking real money
2: hi lori hi how are you we're doing great how can we help you today
0: I just have a quick question. I've heard you guys say different things about different companies. And my husband and I are getting ready to retire. We have about $700,000 in our plan. And I just want to know what your take is on New York life.
2: I think they do write great it? insurance policies, but I would not uh, hire them to manage do, money. Do you honestly think okay. that? I, okay.
1: I think, just, I think you're just saying that to be nice. Okay, go ahead. Dawn. Well, one, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's, I don't that, know what their
2: rating a, is. I'd have to go look, but yes.
1: It's a totally commissioned, high-commissioned company. For the most part, okay. I wouldn't go to New York Life for even a life insurance policy personally, because I know I can very likely find better deals elsewhere uh, for life insurance. Okay. As for investments, I would shun them like I would shun someone with the plague coughing in my face.
2: Well, let's. I, this is this is a good opportunity. Yeah, no. Here we'll give you the reasons why. Number one would be: Are you always getting fiduciary advice? Wait. Are you ever getting well, yeah, fiduciary in this case, advice from New York yeah. Life? And by the way, they're, they're, they're the company, the insurance side is rated AAA, which is very good, of course. But Jason Zweig wrote a great piece about this today in the Wall Street Journal. Because this whole aspect of fiduciary, and by the way, you probably go see your New York Life person, and they're going to say, of course I'm a fiduciary. Until I sell you this this product, and that's what Jason said, if you read the Wall Street Journal. Today, he said, ask people the following questions. Number one, are you always a fiduciary, and will you state that in writing? As Don just said, get it written down. Does anybody else pay you? He said that was the other one. In other words... If you go to a, a fee-only advisor, only the client pays the advisor. When you go to New York Life, we don't know, always know where the month, if there's kickbacks or whatever. There's other relationships that may influence that person to put you in a certain investment that might not be in your best interest. That's what we're trying to get to. What
3: okay.
1: kind? I mean, so, are you with them right now, or are they just trying no, to talk you into our, moving your rollover over?
0: Yeah, we're thinking about moving our rollover
1: over there. No, please stop.
0: Okay. <laughs> I, really, I will get down on my knees right here in the scam
1: capital of America and beg you to not go with New York Life. I okay. I seriously want you to never, ever, ever consider an insurance agent for an investment vehicle ever. One, two. I want you to. Vet carefully the people with whom you work. That is probably the most difficult thing for most people to do because it requires throwing out this concept of relationships, other prior relationships with people and making it a purely business decision. You need a fee. only. You have enough money. You have three quarters of a million dollars. You have enough money to hire a fee only 100% fiduciary investment advisor. Okay. That is not
2: and he necessarily one you
3: of.
2: Yeah, and by the way, we can send you. Fiduciary. We can send you to a website where you could find people that do that. If you can, if you have a okay. pen, I'll give you a website. Yeah, that I is do. that's dfaus.com. D is in dog. F is in Frank. U as in I forget Don. Uh... And D- there's a little gray D- box in the corner. D-F-A-U-S dot com. And up in the corner, there's a gray box. And it what does it say? It says search.
1: Well, and- it actually has three things rotating through it. You have to wait for the third. Which I is. Told them, I told DFA to take out the letter from the chairman. It's nobody it, it, cares uh, about.
2: It, Sorry, David. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. the,
1: the third choice is find an advisor near you. These are advisors who follow what we believe, which is you, you use academic research to build portfolios. You build them based okay. on people's tolerance for risk. You
2: charge as little as you
1: can possibly and charge. And no
2: commissions because commissions no set up a, a total conflict. And I can almost guarantee you whatever product the, your New York Life person uses is going to involve a commission of some kind. I'm betting, I'm betting today, but we saw this in the office earlier today, that they will want to put your retirement assets in some sort of annuity because you're going to feel good about the fact that I get a guarantee. And the right. guarantee yes. that Don is going to talk about later in the show is so tiny that it just makes no sense to do it. Was that it way. an
1: indexed annuity, Lori, or did they talk about a variable annuity? Do you remember the terminology? You
0: know, I just know that if we don't touch it for eight years, we're guaranteed to have the $700,000 in there, regardless, we could take 10% a year. But
1: well one you can't take 10% a year and have 700,000. What they're doing is they're mixing their sales pitches. You see what they're right. saying is you have to stay in it for 8 years because that's the right. surrender charge. What's the first year surrender charge? Was it about 8, 10, 7? Do you remember? I
2: don't know. Yeah. You'd well, look, look at the, at the look
1: at the documents. Whatever the first year surrender charge is is generally uh-huh. how much the agent gets in a commission, okay. which is why they charge that. What the 10% he's talking about is that you can take 10% percent per year out without without penalty but that doesn't mean you can get a 10% per year income from it because that is totally and utterly impossible they okay. uh, insurance agents lie with and I'm going to ju- I I wish this wasn't the case but they are capable of lying with absolute impunity on these products because no customer ever sits down and reads the entire 200 page disclosure document
0: Right, and he said that. He said there's a 300 bucks anyway. 300 you'll page? you will probably never read. <laughs> yeah. <You'll> ne- exactly, <laughs> he which allows a-
1: him... Which allows him to lie to you, which he kind of did in this case by saying you can get seven hundred thousand out. Yeah, of course, you, but you're going to pay an extra fee for that guarantee that, that it won't go below seven hundred thousand dollars in eight years. Now, if you put seven hundred thousand dollars ten years ago, eight years ago, in a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds, today you'd have a million two, a million three.
0: Wow. So
1: the best way to go is to get a true fee-only advisor who will tell you the truth. And again, make sure they're 100% okay. fee-only. And to help you do that, I created a one little sheet of paper that's at TalkingRealMoney.com. It's the advisor interview form. It will make your advisor very uncomfortable, but it should make you very comfortable with the, uh, the, the selection you'll eventually make if you can get somebody to fill it out and sign it. Thanks for the call. And speaking of... Selling Bad Annuity Products, the class we talked about before, Tom, this retirement class at you should be ashamed of yourself. The University of Washington uh, Bothell, Bothell campus, campus. Yep. you should be ashamed for allowing this to happen. Uh, what is the scam behind all this, Thomas?
2: Well, the scam, the scam is you go there believing you're going to get an education, and what you really get is a uh, an annuity product. Uh, a sales pitch for sales which annuity pitch, product? Well, I, I, am I no, going to say the know, company? No, what, what kind of a product? Oh, pardon me. This is going to be an uh, equity index annuity, variable annuity product, something where the, the the pitch is always the same guarantee but you get a a part of the market increase. So you don't have to worry about your money anymore because you're going to get it back paid out in this annuity, and you get a, a part of the market return. You mean I get market-like returns with no risk? <laughs> this is the part where the it gets just to be a little gray because it's well, you give us the numbers. It's not very market-like. I'll I, put it that I way. I love
1: this. I, uh, there's a guy online, and you know, I love the fact that people online save me doing some of this research. There's a guy online who did Uh, a complete, incredibly boring, but wonderful analysis of a product called the Allianz Master Dex Act. I looked this
2: up after we had our chat. It's a very
1: popular annuity. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This annuity, uh, they give you, uh, you put your money in and they tell you you're going to get the return of the S&P 500 um, with no risk on the downside. Well, one, you don't get the total return of the S&P 500 at all uh, because you only get the growth, not the dividends. But it is so convoluted. It is so complicated. But when it you boil it all down to its essence, to its essence, in two, and I want to use 2009 as an example. Because that's in a year two, that
2: people should remember. I mean, 2008, we had the huge collapse. The market right. started coming back in, like, March of 2009. And
1: for sake of argument, the return of the S&P 500, less the dividends, was about 26.5% for that year. Pretty good it year. Was about. 30-something with the dividends, yeah. but 26 and a half. So uh, had you chosen, they have three things you get to choose from. Now, first, you're gonna not, not going to know what these are at all when you hear the names. One, you could choose the monthly sum method. <laughs> Two, you could choose the annual point-to-point method. Or you could choose the monthly average. The monthly average would be the monthly average of the market. So with the monthly sum method, you add up every year, every month of the year, the returns, and then you divide it by 12. And under that method... In, in 2009, with this annuity, you would have made $0.
2: Boy, that makes sense because the market was only up 26.5.
1: Right. You would have made zero. Sure. With number two, the annual point-to-point, point, Yes. you would have uh, made 1.5%. Okay. We're doing better here now. And with the monthly average, where you take the monthly average return of the S&P 500, you get that, which was 7.5%. But they get a spread. They deduct every time. They deduct 5%. So your average annual return would have been 2.5% per year. Who made out under this scenario? It wasn't you. Yes, you would have lost nothing in 2008, but you would have gained, in essence, nothing in 2009.
0: Tom and Don are talking real
1: money. Hi there. Welcome back to the show. I'm Don McDonald. Over there is Tom Cock, And I just want to go back to the class for a minute because I do love the fact that the guy who's conducting this class actually kind of told the truth in his ADV, his uh, his uh disclosure form that he files with the SEC. This is one of the more important sections of a form ADV. You can look them up online at advisorinfo.sec.gov advisorinfo.sec.gov You can look up any advisor's form ADV brochure and in his, under item 5 which is the fees and commission section he does say, commissions are received by us if you choose to purchase an insurance product. The insurance sales are not in Investment advisory in nature. Uh, duh. And ex- they know you're not going to read this, by the way. An example of a commission schedule for an annuity follows. Sample product. Allianz fixed indexed annuity. Mm-hmm. Range of commissions. Yes. 3 to 7% paid. Followed by this is only an example. Right. It's a bad example because the Allianz indexed annuity that I just showed you had a 10% first year our initial commission or first year surrender charge. So,
2: so you, I mean, that gets back to Lori's call. We're going to get to... Uh... To George in just second here, but you walk in the door with seven hundred thousand dollars. Now you know the guy, the guy or woman or person sitting across the desk could make between fifty and seventy thousand dollars. So do you think? I mean, this is this whole conflict. This industry is set up. Would would they tell you just go buy index funds? They're going to pay them very very little or nothing, or buy this annuity that's going to pay them between fifty and seventy thousand dollars? I I was sitting in that chair. I mean, this would be impossible. (laughs) You can see why this ended. Anyway, we'll spend more time on that coming. It's shocking. I love this stuff. I do.
1: I love it. I just love it. I love it because I like to expose them. I hate it because of what it does to you. Indeed. And speaking of you, George, you're up next. Welcome to Talking Real Money.
3: Hi, Don. Tom. It seems uh, years ago I heard you say, Don, uh, to just ignore these uh, mutual fund proxy things.
1: Oh, I, the mutual fund proxy things that you get... I don't ever fill mine out voting on voting
2: on people voting that are on gonna be, yeah, boards or, of
1: directors, yep. because I know that my you know, when when I the one my mutual funds are now not with actively managed I don't really care. But it it really didn't unless there was something big that they were fighting over. It really didn't make a hill of beans a difference. The board that was selected is almost always the board that is elected. So different I never than the in the old days, right. by
2: the way, when you used to have a separate yeah. group.
3: Yeah, right. but um the reason I called is uh Vanguard's got this thing right now. It's not just voting on people. They got some uh, I don't know if you've seen it yet uh, where they got you voting to change the fund uh, and it it sounds like a bad thing but maybe it's a good thing they're, they're saying you change it from a uh, diversified funds to non-diversified funds have you seen that
2: i you know I, I recall getting something in the last few days from acorns.com that uses Vanguard about this um I don't believe I don't believe that I've read. The details on that. I mean, so I'd have to, to to really get into the middle of this, George. I'd have to I'd have to sit yeah, down and go through maybe that you proxy. you you check it out
3: and let us know next week. Yeah, because yeah, um, because I, I, I haven't seen that proxy and, either. Uh, Did you just email. get it? Did you just yeah, get just it? Uh, a few days ago.
2: Yeah, I do I do recall getting it from from uh, Acorns because I believe some
3: of the I'm funds. I'm on the
1: road, so I'm sure it's in a pile of mail at my house. So
2: I'll read it when I get home. <laughs>
3: okay anyway it sounded like at this time it might be something important
2: well let's put it another way i mean this would be the kind of thing that if vanguard indeed was making some structural type of change about all this not bragging but we are kind of on top of all those sorts of things we and and we work with people at vanguard so we would have been notified but we will definitely look into this to see see if uh see if we can find anything out um I'm just I'm looking online here real quick. I,
1: I am too, and I'm not finding a well, thing. Well,
2: I, I find that, that that there is a vote here coming up shortly. Uh, a proxy statement, anyway. So we'll look we'll into look all up. this. Yeah. Thanks, George. We'll keep we'll keep you
1: posted.
0: Tom and Don are talking real money. Let me
1: quote directly from Vanguard. Vanguard is proposing to reclassify the REIT Index Fund, the Real Estate Investment Trust Index Fund, from diversified to non-diversified as defined by securities law. The change enables them to better replicate the actual market based on market capitalization. It's just a technical change to bring it in line with the law so that they can improve, they say, the diversification, which sounds perfectly governmental to me. You need to become non diversified to diversify.
2: Yeah. I mean, this gets back to a little bit about trust because at the end of the day, we have recommended for Vanguard, recommended Vanguard for a very, long time because we do trust the way they manage now I know they've got some actively managed funds and we only recommend their index funds but as an organization I trust them uh so I, I again when they send me the proxy I'm gonna say yeah I'm gonna go along with whatever you're suggesting
1: yeah and in so, this case really truly what they're doing is they're they're trying to make align all their funds most of their Equity funds already are classified under the SEC and Internal Revenue Service Code as non diversified. It is a technicality in the law. If you that buy, yeah. I don't understand Neither and do I. I don't pretend to understand.
2: And if you own their, you know, global fund, uh, Vanguard Total World Stock Index, you have 7500 stocks. That's pretty diversified. I can guarantee you that's more diversified than about 99% of you. So, and this is this,
1: only this only applies to sector funds yeah, and the REIT is, is a sector funds. Yes, fund.
2: which is which has been a good place to, if again REITs know. is something you should own. But back to what you just said about the nice guy thing because this came up this this week. I've been trying to help a woman escape from her broker for about a year and a half. She's a very kind person. And the broker was somebody that was recommended to her by her family. And she's been using this broker for about eight or nine years. And she knows that he's charging her a lot. She knows the products that she's in probably are underperforming the market because they're not diversified, because they're expensive, all those things. And she wants to move the money from there to somewhere else. But here's where she's stuck. She's stuck because she she knows the broker she is going hurt to his feelings. Exactly, but she knows the <laughs> broker is going to get upset. And I have seen this so many times in this industry where and, and and shame on the broker for doing this, where the person calls and says I'm going to move my money from you to Vanguard and the broker has a big fit and acts like, this is an outrage. How could you do this to me? Okay, so I'm going to give you a little advice along these lines, okay? First how could all, you do this to me? That's what, the, you get this line, first oh. of all, to the brokers. This, shame on you, shame on your company, and and frankly, a sad for us, shame on the industry, because this money is not your money, broker. It's their money, okay? And this is how you should feel. Don alluded to this earlier. This is a business relationship, okay? And sometimes business relationships don't work out for whatever reason. And in your case, you've said, I don't want active management. I don't want high expense. I want to use index funds. So I'm going to move my money. So you need to then say thank you. And by the way, the broker should thank you for the years that they've collected all these fees. So for bad advice, whatever the advice has been so bad. (laughs) Exactly. So don't feel bad. This is your money at the end of the day. It's not their money. Don't and don't allow them to make you feel bad about that. Take your money and do with it as you wish.
1: Do you know why they have a fit? <laughs> do you know why?
2: No, go ahead. Because they don't a have broker. a good
1: argument. They don't have a good. Other argument. than the
2: emotional, you know, this is right. just, This is going to kill me, and, and I just no, have to make not.
1: you feel bad. Yeah. I have to make you feel bad. I saw this back in 1985 when I was a broker, 84, 85 with Dean Witter. My office manager was a pro at guilting and emotionally manipulating his clients, and 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 he would scream at them on the phone. He would scream. He knew just which ones to play the soft hand with, and which ones to play the the rigid yeah. hard I uh, you know I, I can't believe you would do this you're such an idiot you, you know just horrible yeah. horrible manipulation and that's exactly what your broker is doing to you if you decide to make a smart choice and stop paying a fortune for generally bad mediocre at best to bad advice almost never all I, 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 but, folks I've been in this industry for a really really long time I was a broker for a long time shame on me. I was a national talk show host taking hundreds of calls a week from people with problems with their broker. you got to believe me on this. I have experience coming out my ears. These folks don't care about you. They care about their bottom line and their family. Think about that for a minute. They care about their bottom line and their family. You need somebody who isn't? And they're few, and they're far between. But you gotta find them people who actually work for you and look out for what are called your best interests. That's what fiduciary means: someone who looks out for your best interest. And mostly people who claim to be fiduciaries, I just want to scream: they're not fiduciaries, as a matter of fact.
2: <laughs> oh. <laughs> I, love, I loved, I loved, I uh, loved Jason Zweig's article today. He says oh. they're gonna clean all this up. How oh, about the next time we get a major eclipse? <laughs> <laughs> it'll be it'll be all straightened out and easy to understand by then. This
1: dude, this dude who put out this little yes. folder for the class yeah. at the University of Washington Bothell, mm-hmm. he says right here, you will find his for his initials are JD. JD, you will find JD providing exceptional capitalized, fiduciary, capitalized services. The first thing J.D. says in his ADV under fees is that, oh, by the way, I probably won't act as a fiduciary,
2: but I'm going to collect a big commission. And and, and you point out, at least he's honest enough to say, yeah, I could sell you a product where I will collect a large commission. Sales
1: document. He says he's a fiduciary. And J.D., J.D., dude, I challenge you. Call me up and tell me you're always a fiduciary. Come on. You know who you are, J.D., you right do. Now. All right. You run a scammy little operation. <laughs> you're lying to people. And JD, you are no fiduciary. And to teach a, uh, University of Washington Bothell, by the way, if you're listening, the guy is almost making it appear that yeah. you are sponsoring this well, class.
2: And like you, I've been around, and I, when I opened it, I was sure he was because it has a beautiful picture of the campus. It's got all. this says well, class all over. It's like wow, yeah. it looks like he's a professor or something.
1: No, exactly. He's, he's but right. I went and looked a little more closely it turns out any idiot can rent a classroom at University of Washington Bothell
2: before we go on by the way somebody called one of the the website where they can go sign up for any class talkingrealmoney.com talking RealMoney.com. And and I mentioned the class. we've got Tuesday, we've got another one coming up in Olympia, so get registered. Oh, All right. and
1: yeah. and yes. and we can now officially announce the uh the very first ever retire meet is an oh, event we've done for yeah. the past couple of years Good in point. Bellevue and we always sell it out. Total sellout every year. It's a great event. Uh, So we're bringing retire meat to Tacoma. So folks on the south end don't have to drive as far.
2: That is Saturday, October 28th. All of those events this Tuesday is the 12th of September in Olympia and the 28th are all up at TalkingRealMoney.com. And you go right to the top of the page and it says... Go to events, events or, yeah. There's
1: all kinds of places. There's a calendar down a little further, too. Here's the, and I know some people at home are going,
2: well, what's the difference between
1: that class yeah, and I the know. class that I the know. guy's <laughs> teaching over at University of Washington Bothell?
2: Oh, about $80,000. <laughs> yeah, about 80000 Something around that area, yeah. Or
1: or, yeah. or like, what what hmm. about, let's see, uh, an actual class versus a sales pitch for yeah. an indexed you annuity? Come, you
2: come to one of ours. We will show you. We really do. How to build your own retirement portfolio? We give you the mutual funds, right? We will show you the things you need to pay attention to around Social Security. We will actually show you. Here's how to create retirement income. But at the end, we don't just say. And now for your private session, where we'll talk to yeah. you one on one to help you. No, you don't get sold well, an wait, annuity. What does he we- call it? It's a, Yeah, the, the, you know what. The, here and get it. The, He's got three, w- three two-hour classes. Private, the private one-on-one and session, then, Oh, Dawn. bonus help session. Oh, yeah, big help.
1: Get I a mean, confidential on. one-on-one help yeah. session mm-hmm. in our office that is all about you.
2: Oh, yeah. This, uh, really and listen about to you. this.
1: This session is not meant to put a strain on relationships you have, but rather to answer Ooh. concerns privately.
2: Yeah, because you don't Dude. have to tell the broker you're to leaving to go to the insurance this 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 agent that you're hiring JD yeah. the JD, class, JD. The class.
1: very clever very yeah. clever JD very yeah. clever it does.
2: Uh, but the
1: the uh yeah the other thing is you're got, you're gonna get an actual education and yeah. uh, the other thing is that uh, we we're always required to act as fiduciaries unlike these other guys yeah. um always
2: and, not sometimes always always yeah
1: so okay. give us a call though, 877-397-5666. That's 877-397-5666. And I know some of you listen on Sunday morning on another station. Yeah. I know some of you listen uh, to our po- lot of you yeah. listen to our podcast, podcast, podcast around podcast. the country. Uh, the time to call is at 3 p.m., 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern or noon to two. On the west coast, and you can fill in the blanks in the middle. Next week's show, by the yes. way, will be coming live from two cities once again. Yes. From Seattle mm-hmm. and Rapid City, South Dakota, oh. under the watchful eye of four presidents. I was just
2: there. So the, the, I know. the two of us have been there within a month.
1: I'm going to rap wow. going to actually my here's my little travel log. You ready? Going to Glacier National Park.
2: Which is an amazing place.
1: That I want to see at Fort Melts. Yeah. Then going down south to this little park called Yellowstone. i A couple of you heard of it? I thought it was Jellystone, but okay. Jellystone yeah, right. and
2: Grand Teton. Beautiful places. Yeah, look at then you. Then heading
1: over to Cody, Wyoming to stay in Buffalo Bill's ho- first hotel, the Hotel Irma. You ever heard of it
2: i have not and i have not been to it's, cody so it's buffalo bill's first places. hotel so good oh. okay
1: and then good. over to rapid city for a couple of days watch to, your uh, back to see the make signs.
2: sure you sit against the wall at buffalo bill's place
1: oh yeah oh and we're gonna stop by deadwood <laughs> so speaking of watching your back <laughs> exactly you know i'm not getting get shot in the smart back in deadwood. or get I'm telling screwed
2: yes yeah.
0: <laughs> tom and don are talking real money nice. hold on a second i'll be right there Oh, I, can't,
2: okay. I thought you were jumping or oh,
1: something. No, no. I was digging through. the. I was trying to look in the mattress here at the hotel. Yes. I was just checking out the mattress here uh-huh. at the the historic Davenport Hotel Indeed, it in is. beautiful Spokane, yes. figuring is the scam capital of the country, ah. that some of that $50 trillion in, that's sitting in cash. How, where do you keep that much cash? I was going to check the mattress oh, and see if it was I in see there.
2: Exactly. Okay, got it now. There's
1: $50, $50 trillion just sitting in cash worldwide that's trillion with a trr with a trr sometimes i wonder why so much cash sits around don't you well no i Tom? think
2: i think <laughs> thank you don <Dawn. laughs> yes don <Dawn>, i do. <laughs> wow that, that is a softball even i could hit out of the park and you know what a great poor hitter i am but uh this comes up regularly i, I met with a couple of people this week uh and this is not an unusual circumstance they sold a the house they got a lot of money it's like seven digits worth of money, right? That's kind of a lot of money. And it's been sitting in a bank for, in this case, about nine months, in an actual bank. And the question is, you know, well, when should we invest that? Then, Because they think that we're gonna tell them, you and I, or somebody at our office is gonna tell them, well, next Tuesday, that's the day to invest, because that's what the industry sells you on, that they know the day to invest and the day to sell, right? Let me just put it another way. If your money is sitting in a bank, how much is it earning right now?
1: Uh, hold on, I'm you can look check. that up. I mean, uh, it,
2: and and it,
1: uh, zero. Not a oh, lot. Yeah. It's, it's no pre- zero. No wait. Oh wait, negative, Negative. negative. I'm sorry, I just forgot to inflation adjust. But this is always uh,
2: okay. So here, let me explain something that I think people generally have trouble with. If you were to invest the money, and I didn't say take it all down and put it on one stock, or take it all down and put it in thirteen thousand stocks, because that's very risky. And this money, these people may use for a Purchase it sometime.
1: Hang on. Let me go outside in Spokane and see what they might suggest <laughs> some great in the scam ideas.
2: capital of the U.S. Go down to Post Avenue there. they hey, got some great ideas. Post is right out the window. <laughs> right there. So, uh, the, okay, but here's the thing, all right? The inefficiency of $50 trillion is making somebody else a lot of money. Let me explain that. If your money's in the bank, go ahead. Bank of America, Chase, a lot of money because you're just not doing so. So I went through the things you could do. Right, one of them is, and you and I have a little debate about this from time to time. But you could put it in a bond fund of some kind. I recommend the Vanguard Short Term Investment Grade Bond Fund.
1: Oh, it has. I thought you were going to say. Thought you were going to say place it on the ponies or something. That would be the other end of the spectrum.
2: You, or you could use a you know, a, a tax-exempt bond fund from Vanguard. There's, that's one end of the spectrum. You could put some in stocks and some in bonds. You could put more in stocks. But the point, I think people forget, they think once the money's invested, they can't get it. I said, well, your money's at Charles Schwab. You could call them any day and have them send you the money. Now, there may be some volatility if you buy something in stocks, sure. But the money is still accessible. I think people think they move it from the bank, they put it somewhere else, I can't get it. Well, why can't you get it? It's still your money. One of the things
1: that everyone needs to know, one of the things we never, we we don't suggest you ever put your money in something that is illiquid. Anything illiquid. Thank Thank you every single investment vehicle we would ever recommend to anybody, anywhere, clients or otherwise, is in something that is liquid at least on a daily basis. At the very least on a daily basis, if not minute by minute of uh,
2: liquidity. Well, you can't can't sell a mutual fund till the end of the day, but yes. Right. But
1: ETFs, for example, are
2: minute by minute liquidity. Yep. But a mutual fund
1: is at the end of the day. You can get it the very
2: Next but day. your money is still there; it's available. So I think people have this notion that once I move it from my bank to an investment company of some kind or a mutual fund, I can't get it. No, of course you can get it. Now, if those things have gone up dramatically and then you need to sell something, then you're going to pay a capital gains tax rate on, it, right?
1: But that wait, but what's wrong with paying tax on making I, I, money? Get,
2: yeah, I, I, they get confused. Or if you put the money in a retirement vehicle of some kind, then yes, when you take it out of that, you have to pay tax on it and if it's before you're 59 and a half you're gonna to have to pay a penalty on it but in this case it was simply money that's sitting around in a bank and my advice okay, was i have to Do ask something. you what are they
1: waiting for what are they well, waiting for
2: in this What's case, the they may what have a, they may have a purchase, but I think generally people are waiting for the day they feel the market is safe. Then I'll put the money in. Once the market feel, once everything is settled, right? Once the economy is settled, and the geopolitical situation is settled, then I'll invest. So until then, I'll leave a fifty trillion dollars in the bank. Because, well, and I hate to break the news to you, they're investing it in some way that's making them way more than you are in their deposit account.
1: I have lived and kind of paid attention to the goings-on on on this planet for about the past six decades. A couple of those years I wasn't paying much attention, but for most of them I was. And I pretty much don't recall a time of stability uh, ever do you recall a geopolitically it, stable no, environment? It, but if you
2: look back, people are going to say, "Whoop, the 80s, you had Ronald Reagan, you knew what you were getting, and the economy was growing regularly, right? No, but no, no, no. If we, you look we at it short term, no, that was not the case.
1: We had the Soviet Union, no. we had Iran, we yes. had, uh, oh, gee whiz, folks, come on. You know it'll never be stable, and that's the whole trick. The trick is you, and this is the thing that people do, Don't get, please, I'm asking all of you to listen carefully. If you put your money in something that is absolutely safe, you are absolutely guaranteeing you will not make money. And if you play this stupid little mind game with yourself where you go, "Well, back in the 80s, I was getting 12% on my money and it was safe. (laughs) Yeah. You weren't getting 12%
2: on your money because a
1: dollar one year was worth 12%
2: less the next year. We had that little thing called inflation at oh. that time that was killing you. So why do we emotionally and even intellectually
1: delude ourselves with such Vigor. We are doing ourselves a disservice when we do this. You cannot, and please, this is the most important lesson you can possibly learn from this program. You can not make money with no risk, period. And anybody who tells you anything to the contrary is a bald-faced, absolute, no doubt about it, liar. every Saturday at noon Pacific noon to two or three to five on the east coast and Lisa it's your turn welcome to talking
2: real money hi Lisa how can we help you today
3: great thank you for accepting my call I have kind of a generic question I'm a 47 year old single woman And when I'm thinking about retirement, I'm wondering how to factor in really the variability of Social Security. I mean, I'm hoping it'll be around and not means-based tested by the time I retire. But how do you factor that in to retirement planning?
2: Well, here... You don't. Yeah, let's go back. Um, First of all, this notion that, again, Social Security is going out of business. I believe it's about 20 years down the road where the lines cross between how much is coming in and how much is being paid out. And remember... the The government does have a number of IOUs against that money, the accounting part, but Here's the way I look at it. If I was 47, I don't believe for people that are uh, 40 years and older that there will be any change to the way that your benefit is calculated to the amount that is paid out. Now, under the age of 40, I here's my this is my personal opinion. I do think that they may make you wait longer to get that benefit because the system isn't paying for itself right now, and there may be some other means to that. That that's a possibility, but at 47, I feel very safe that you could go online and look at a calculator or go online and look at your ssa.gov see your benefit see what your expected benefit i mean how much you've been paying in what your benefit would be and use that as a calculator i think that is very fair
1: yeah, two things. One, I I agree. I don't think Social Security is an in is in imminent danger of collapse. I do think that the right thing to do. Remember, Social Security was started in a period when the average life expectancy was about 65 years old. So, people did not on on average, generally live into their 80s or 90s like they do on average today. So adjusting that retirement age up is a given. That has already happened. I should have retired, been able to full retire at 65 years ago and now it's 67 and a half or whatever. That's going to help bail it out. But the fact is, I don't believe you should factor in Social Security. You should go ahead and assume, just assume for safety's sake, that it's not there. And... Save enough to create the income that you will need to survive without it. And Social Security then becomes gravy. It becomes that cushion in case your calculations were wrong. Think of it as a cushion. Don't think of it as a given. And then you're forced to set up your personal scenario to take care of your need. Tom? Is that a good answer, Lisa?
3: Excellent.
2: Thank you both very much. No, thank you. You're very so, and, welcome. And and again, that's a that's probably a smart way to look at it because at 47, you still have a long time to save. You know, you, you could you, you, you could say, oh, OK, with that in mind, I need to increase my savings to 20 percent of my income a year. Right. And get my employer match and think about all these things. So I think that's very good advice, Tom. But I would not. That's
1: the main reason is because yeah. if you're 40, 35, 40, 45, oh, yeah. even 50, you have time to change your life, the way you save and the True. way you invest. You have plenty of time to do that.
2: Yeah. No, if but, but you I,
1: wait until you're in your 60s or 70s, different story.
2: But I want to blow up this idea, this notion, this you hear a lot from people. Well, I'll never get Social Security because it'll be gone. It you're going to be if, if you really believe that there are going to be a lot of other major changes in the U.S. government, because that is a very vital. And look at it. And you met you said this. It shouldn't be a vital part of your retirement, but today it is a vital part of so many people's retirement that the idea that that would go away, it'd be pitchforks and torches at the Capitol. It
3: was
1: never, ever,
2: ever, ever, ever intended to be
1: a primary source of retirement income. It was meant to be a social safety net, and it turned into...
2: And that people didn't save because people didn't right. save. They didn't because do anything else. Oh, so why you get I out. Save? Do it. The government's going to yep. take
1: care of me. So take care of yourself first. And if you get something from the government down the road, which you probably will, take a trip if you saved enough. If not, it's your safety net. We'll be back with a lot more good stuff.
0: Tom and Don are talking real money. Really?
1: Real money. Serious dough. Tom, I just read something. Yes. Of Legg you Mason, Leg Mason did mm-hmm. a study yeah. of, of baby boomers and the first batch of baby boomers, the 46 to 64 batch,
2: 1946
1: through 1964. 1964.
2: I think that was the whole, that's the entire baby boomer. That's yeah, well yeah, you're right, it okay, is. I okay. okay say,
1: that, I don't know the that. entire group, the entire group yes. when they were t- took this study, they on average expected to have $660,000 on average saved for retirement
2: by the time they retire. 660 and what's the reality 260 yeah it sounds more like it yeah 260 so let's just do the numbers 260 let's say you use the old four percent rule take out four percent of that a year wow that's uh not very much that turns out that's that's almost
1: homelessness fifteen
2: thousand dollars a year which yeah so is it the, the question does that include your home or is that liquid assets I guess that would be the question.
1: It's, it's not your home. Not okay. the home. All right. Not the home. So retirement. Because, retirement yeah, investment. Because
2: right. there's things you could... There's ways to get the equity out of your home, I guess.
1: Yeah. If you I mean, you're looking... If you're at 260... Uh, and collect social security. Uh, you're still only going to be at about thirty grand. So you know you're going to need to reverse mortgage your home or sell it. Mm -hmm. A lot of things you're going to have to do
2: that would don't work out.
1: Yeah, right. This is the 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 lesson for those who are not approaching retirement age. You need to do something earlier because the baby boomers blew it. Yeah, on average, group. Yeah, definitely.
2: Well, we can say we're part of the baby boomer generation.
1: I I am. Yes, and. And, uh, I did not save as much early on as I should have. Well, I know. No. And, and, and
2: we knew. And we're, we're, we're in the middle of
1: all yeah, this. All of us are right. dumb. Yeah. Trying you're... to help you build a better portfolio and protect you from the people who would take advantage of you, apparently like the entire city of Spokane.
2: Well, Spokane, I mean, and, and you're, you alluded to this earlier, I used to live in Spokane, which, and I enjoyed my time there. We brought you there once when you had a national, twice, right? Twice, I think? Two times. Yeah, and, and pretty much yeah, all I saw the home. first time I came out <laughs> I was white. were walls of snow. Yeah.
1: I, I don't think I that. saw
2: a single building.
1: I, I just saw walls of snow.
2: Berms they had built up there because it had snowed so much that winter. I, I think we actually
1: had a tunnel boring machine to get to the hotel. We Pretty just close went right that. through the snow.
2: But at, weirdly, today we learned that Spokane three times in the last like 20 years has been recognized by Forbes as the... Is it the scam capital? Scam, scam capital yeah.
1: of the U.S.
2: Yeah, it's just a very that seems very strange. They went through the reasons why, and they got some legit. There was a thing called Metropolitan Mortgage there that, that went at, went went bust that cost people six hundred million dollars. And here's the part that's going to make you mad: the guy running it, the other guys that were involved went to prison for zero time, nothing. It's kind of strange. But I also, when I was looking around at all this, Don, I I, I came across a, a relatively new fraud because online stuff is still relatively new right I mean rel- in the big picture online dating fraud which has be- become big and here's the way it works you're does it on money yes it does you're online wow. and okay. you meet somebody in in a, a dating site or whatever it is and you develop a relationship, and generally, you don't ever meet that person because they might be in Texas or they and you might be somewhere else. So, you develop a friendship, and then maybe it gets bigger than that, right? It's the, the friendship develops into a romance, okay? Generally, that's the intent, yeah. yeah. Okay, so okay. you still haven't met this person, and they befriend you, and they're nice, and they get to know you, and then at some point, at some point they find the, out
1: they live in no, prison. Well, no it's oh, not, okay. not that
2: way. But you but in some point that person says, Gosh, I I have a daughter and she needs money for XYZ. Could you make me a loan of a certain amount? Boy, now here, those
1: Nigerians are created. And that's
2: exactly what it is. Uh they've developed they've brought you in, they've developed that it could be a certain uh website that that goes by FB. That we're, Anyway, but you so you send them the money because you care about them. And by the way, a lot of people use the fact that I'm in the military and my kid is somewhere else and I don't have the money to take care of them.
1: Strapped for cash? Call 877-397-5666 oh,
3: and God. find out
1: about special government
3: programs oh.
1: that will help you pay your bills. No. Yes, the government has set aside <laughs> money to help you pay your bills. 877-397-5666. Six sixty six. Call now. Learn how to get free money from the government. I always wondered what those were. Did you ever wonder what those were? You've heard those ads, those right? Are
2: scam. By the way, and if you call that number, no, it's not the government program. It's stuffing envelopes from home where you can make five thousand dollars a week easy. Easy. By the way, you're stuffing envelopes, sending those envelopes to other people, to somebody else scamming to try them. To get yeah, there. exactly. Yeah, yeah you but got I, it. But <laughs> I read in in
1: in some paper today what that government scam is. Yeah. What is it? That what they're doing is they're selling you a routing number, an account number, and a routing number for a major f- or for Federal Reserve accounts at the Federal Reserve Bank, and they're they're real routing numbers. Yes. But when you put those on your bill pay thing, they go to that bank and they get denied, and you get charged uh, the, fees from your from your bank and late oh. charges and all. They're selling routing numbers for government accounts. Mm, the Federal yeah. Reserve. There is no government program for free not money. A single one for free money for individuals <laughs> to help them pay their bills. Yeah. Yeah. And I, what I don't understand is why. Okay, never mind. I take it back. Okay. I do understand why people fall for that because one, they think somebody, they think they're entitled. Two, they're gullible. Three, they're naive. And I always forget that half the population actually does have an IQ under 100 because that's the average. So there you go.
2: I'm going to let you say that. I'm going to say it <laughs> sounds like a great deal and the government's running it. So sign me up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Did we do that IQ test on you?
1: <laughs> I think it's time for the company mandated <laughs> oh. IQ test.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a few okay. other company mandated tests. I may fail as well. So Apparently. We'll <laughs> yeah. You ever notice where they advertise uh, most of those things? Let me guess. I, late Judge night Judy, television. No offense. Yeah. Judge
1: Judy, no right. offense, but it's during your show, yeah. Judge Judy.
2: Mm-hmm. And where you'll end up if you try to do that. <laughs> so. Judge Judy. Yeah.
1: So you believe the ads on my show? Huh? Yeah.
2: <laughs> huh? What kind of idiot are you? Huh? What kind of idiot are you? Uh, where's Judge Wappler when
1: Don't you Don't argue him? with me. Shut it. Shut it now. <laughs> I'm Judge Judy. Leave me alone. I hate being
2: here. Is she, she's still doing a show, right? Heck yeah. No, all right. I've never seen it, so what would I know? <laughs> I'm too busy reading a book, I guess. Missing the good times. I've been
1: too busy just. And nobody called. Nobody
2: called with the with the offer either. By the way, you weren't very convincing, apparently.
1: Visit, get out of debt free on the back of your government. Yes, they love you so much that they're going to build you a free house. Our producer just handed
2: me this scam. Star on the Walk of Fame. Tool. Judge Judy. What about her? She has a star on the Walk of Fame. Walk of uh, the Hollywood. Okay. Hollywood. Okay. All right. What? So, I, I, can anybody get? Well, okay. I don't know. Apparently, yeah. So anybody can get you don't one don't of those? have one. I don't have one. That's why we're I, here still every Saturday. I did never. I never
1: had a TV show though. You did. Yeah,
2: that's true. <laughs> I have. I have an almost Emmy up on my wall from the almost <laughs> Emmy. I love that too. It's the almost Emmy.
1: Yeah,
3: I got oh, nominated. I
2: got nominated. Well, I was nominated. Yeah. It's like that guy. It was like the guy on uh, on, <laughs> on American Greed, when, when they send out the the uh, they send out a, uh, a ballot to everybody. Every name, every person who came out with a record that your gets is named as a ballot. He claimed that he was nominated because he was on the ballot, and oh, he what? would say. I was nominated, you're one of 8,000 people that released a song that year. No, that's not nominated. They oh. made him take that down. So, after folks he scammed like, a lot of people out of their money, of course.
1: Folks like but. to uh, puff up their resume <laughs> just think, a bit.
2: I don't even mention my nomination anymore. That was Here's years what we,
1: past. There's a there's a message though that goes with this Federal Reserve thing and all of the other stuff that we are talk we talk about when as it relates to people Misleading you about yes. financial gains. If it sounds too good to be true, it not only probably is too good to be true. I would even go a step farther and say, yeah, it is and wealth yet, without risk, we free government believe it. money. Why do
2: we want to believe it? As human beings, why do we want? When you hear those things, and you know that if you if you let it sift for a minute, but but people want to believe tell you, it. They want I it. They I n-
1: never once in my life, not one single time. Have I ever thought any of this stuff was true? Not a single time. And and again, I guess it goes back to we would all like to think we're of above average intelligence, but really, half of us are of below average intelligence. That's the whole point of the average. So, it, 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 I'm sorry, folks, if you're in that latter half, but then you, you better you pay need, closer attention.
2: You need to pay closer yeah, attention. Guess, uh, you're gonna you're gonna get you're gonna get scammed and and. And accelerate, apparently, when you drive through Spokane, which is the scam capital, right? Well, I'm leaving
1: soon. I'm, yeah, you'll I'm be okay. You're, you're out of there. I was trying to figure out, oh, this, is, this is an aside. I know in Seattle. I think this I, whole
2: half hour has been an aside, but go yeah. ahead.
1: In Seattle, there, <laughs> there are a lot of businesses that are obviously driving the Seattle economy. I, I come into Seattle and I go, oh, look, no, Microsoft's on one, a building. There's
2: one that's really driving it that now employs 20% of the people in Seattle. 20%. That? Amazon. They employ 20. 20% of the people in Seattle? I just read it in the paper this morning. 20%. 2 out of every 10 jobs they, is Amazon? Their real estate is 40 times large. The amount that they rent, 40 times larger than the next person. 40 Boys, times.
1: All of you in Seattle better hope that uh, the rest of the country yeah. shops and at Whole Foods soon.
2: I heard a national commentator yesterday say well seattle exports uh software and it exports planes and it exports coffee no it exports retail online retailing that's what it exports but still you, you got microsoft works. you got boeing yeah, got you got amazon places. yeah
1: you got costco yeah. you got starbucks yeah, got you got a, a few, lot yeah. of big corporations True. that make their base yeah. there as i'm driving into spokane yesterday i'm looking around going What and I think this about cities. I go. What drives the economy? You know, in some cities it's farming, some cities it's oil, in some cities it's mining. You can tell what it is. You were an ex-Spokaneer. What drives? What is the Uh, the underlying driver?
2: The capital of the inland empire. So you have. What does that mean? (laughs) Getting to that, (laughs) the hospitals. You got people that come from places outside of there for those services. That's why it's there. Couldn't they go to Coeur d'Alene? No, Coeur d'Alene does not have that kind of health care. It doesn't have all those oh, services, okay. all the good stuff. So yeah. basically, so that, what you're saying it is yep. it's a regional hub for all. Exactly. The, okay. That's why it was there. And by the way, because I look, I go. It all right, means, there's an air force base. It means children of the sun, not children of the scam, as somebody alluded to earlier. Children of the sun. That's oh, the Indian I mis- meaning.
1: I, I misread it. Well, yeah. uh, you know, it's it's a children complex dictionary of the whatever sun. tribe that was. <laughs> children of the sun.
2: <laughs> exactly.
1: I'm going to leave the last segment of the show to you. Because
2: I'm going to do it so well, that's why.
1: Because you're going to do it better than I... And then next week, I'll be in Rapid City annoying you from there. Won't that be fun?
0: We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future.